0: In the divine council, in the midst of the gods he holds judgment. How long will you just unjustly? Will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah, give justice to the weak and the orphan, maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk around in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaking. I say, you are gods, children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Rise up, O God. Judge the earth for all the nations. To you. And a reading from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him for dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, while while traveling, came near the man. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. Then he put the man on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, go and do
1: likewise. If you have been alive this week, you know uh, that it has been, a lot has happened this week. That there were the murders of Alton Sterling and um, Philando Castile and the killings in Dallas and the eruption that usually happens with these things on social media and on the streets, protests last night uh, in Chicago as well as other places. If you've done your due diligence, you have read a lot of things about this because many people are writing about it right now. And so I have read a lot of things about what's been going on. And some of them are really good and some of them are not so good. Uh, today, for what I wanted to offer you, is not some sort of think piece from my mind about what this means, uh, but I wanted to speak about my convictions, about what it means to uh, view things like this in a quote-unquote Christian sense, and how that relates to God and these stories and these communities that we gather in. And so. The first thing I want to say is this, we need to be reminded again and again uh, that the God that is in the Hebrew Bible that we just heard, the God that is depicted through Jesus in the Gospels who told this story of the Good Samaritan, the God that I uh, am trying to do my best to understand and follow is a God who not only demands justice for the weak and the orphan, but is also against the powers that enact that injustice. And these powers to me, I think uh, if we look at it closely are explicitly often powers of the states, powers of those who rule, those who are in power, who control, who own, who exploit with violence, uh, with coercion. This is a point that's often sort of overlooked in a lot of Christianity in America. I do not understand how that could be the case. How you could de- How you can deny that when the central story of this gospel of Christianity is the death, the execution of Jesus at the hands of what is a ruling empire using military force to occupy and control the masses for the sake of powerful people. That is the very thing from which this comes. The Christian Messiah didn't come to overthrow that occupying force in a political way that maybe a lot of people hoped the Messiah would. And sometimes I've wondered to myself, like, wouldn't it have been better if Jesus was like a military hero person who like came and conquered and uh I was thinking a lot about Game of Thrones as I was thinking about, but something like that, you know, and I realized that continually I come to the answer. I'm convicted that the answer is no. Because there's something necessary to the gospel, the Christian idea, uh, that our work is not about becoming the state, but of subverting the state for the sake of love, of justice, and being done with the backing of communities that also love and serve justice, not with the force that exerts pressure on our bodies and our minds. I am truly upset, sad today, knowing that there are like a lot of churches out there who preach today uh, and talked about the tragedies that have happened and how terrible uh, these events have been, but yet will not talk about systematic racism or oppression who give, uh, these, these forces that give legitimacy to violence against black bodies specifically. Because these Places may be unwilling to go deep enough to see that injustice goes right to the core, to the root, to the heart of this country and ourselves. And when I think about that, I get even uh, more incensed. I just want to rip off my shirt if I was strong enough to do so. When I think about preachers out there, and I'm going to critique my own kind here because I want to, uh, who want to go out there and talk about things like all lives matter, that preach something like All Lives Matter, who, uh, if they looked at the Bible, would see God calling specifically for things, for the orphans, the, uh, the widows, the weak, the poor, the sick. That right? naming those things is important. My God, the God that I believe in, the God that I think is uh, worthy of being followed, doesn't have time for that kind of shit doesn't have time for self-centeredness, masquerading as benevolence, as I think this All Lives Matter stuff is. My God is not out there to make sure that we live nice and comfortable lives and are like all good and happy. My God uh, was murdered on the streets by the police. My God didn't die for my sins. My God died because of my sins and the sins that we have today of hatred and violence. We are, I think, confronted now to a degree uh, that is very unique in history, which is being face-to-face with this unjust reality. You guys know who Larry Woolmore is. He is the host. He's a comedian of this show called The Nightly Show. And in response to the death of Alton Sterling, he said, thank God for cell phone cameras because this sort of thing has been happening for a long time. We're just now getting to see evidence of it. And the whole thing we are doing as a community of faith and love is to help each other to learn, I think, to look at stuff, to look at things, to look at the shittiness of life together. I don't know if, I can't remember if anybody was there, maybe Matt was there, but the very first root and branch service we ever held, you guys were maybe there? The very first root and branch service we ever held. I think Andrew might have preached, I can not remember. But the message was looking at the shit of life together. That's how we built this community on. The first thing we said as a mantra for what we're about is like, we are a place where we're going to look at the shit of life together. Because life can be super shitty. It's our tendency, I think, to look away from that stuff. You know, it's ugly, it's gross. Biologically speaking, evolutionarily given, we are repulsed by our own feces. Because I guess if we liked it, we might eat it as some species do and uh, become sick. So we've been trained uh, to not eat these things. But to learn to love is to learn to look at this stuff, I think. In the Good Samaritan story, I'm struck by the phrase that's attributed to these people who passed on by, right? It says, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. They saw what was there in front of them, and they're like, I can't, I can't deal with that. And so they moved over to the other side and kept walking. Maybe if they had actually kept walking on this path, and the path was very narrow, and there was nowhere to go, and they walked by this person who was beaten and bloody on the street, and I had to look at them in the face. They might have helped. And again, this is a priest, a Levite, which is also basically a priest, who I guarantee you had teachings about helping the less fortunate that maybe would have been enacted in them if they looked at this person in the face. If we are going to act and do good, we have to look at shit. We cannot pass by the other side of it and it's true for each other in our lives in a space like this but this is today I specifically mean it for the pain uh, for our brothers and sisters in the black community that we look at the shit that is going on right now maybe we have to train ourselves if you're like a type A weirdo you have to put it in your calendar to do so, uh, make it a spiritual exercise for you. Whatever you need to do, however you need to be motivated, we need to look. I've read, like I said earlier, a lot of these tweets and articles and think pieces over the last five days, uh, so much so I feel like I'm running out of stuff. I, don't, like, I go on Facebook, I'm like, I read that, I read that, I read that. But there's more to know. There's always more for me to feel, for me to look at. And don't get me wrong, because I watched a lot of dumb YouTube videos over the last five days as well. I was looking at a lot of this Pokemon stuff that's been going on. Being very confused by why anybody in their right mind would do this thing. Sorry if you are one of those people. Um, I listened to the new Blink-182 album that came out and just like thought about my high school self a lot. Distractions, they come. But I had to come back every time and force myself, like, dude, you stop, come back, look at it, look at it again. Sometimes these are mere distractions, but distractions in the wrong moment can be matters of life and death. In the other reading we had today from Psalm, we are put in the middle of this trial. It's quite the scene. God is sitting in this seat of judgment, ready to sentence other gods Who have gathered there these gods who have judged unjustly who have shown partiality to the wicked these gods who have violated the very essence of creation itself such that the text says the foundations of the earth are shaken to ignore the rights of the lowly and destitute is an affront against who we are and to all those gods out there gathered in front of Big G, God, um, to all the powers and principalities, the institutions that we're looking at right now, the ide- ideologies that are warping our minds. Um, God asks this question in the beginning of the passage How long? God says, How long are you going to act like this? How long are you going to let this continue? And yet, on the other side, I know myself and a whole bunch of others right now in this country are asking God, How long, God? How long, God, are you going to let this go on? Jesus was murdered. Three days rose from the tomb. When will the dead for us today rise? When will justice, redemption come for Alton and Philando and Tamir and Laquan and Eric? And Sandra and Mike. And Trayvon. and so many others that we'd be here all night if we named them all. That we look at God and we say, how long does this have to go on? I don't want to spend my time here, obviously, uh, sort of smoking my pipe and pontificating about the mechanics of divine intervention or what prayer does right now because I don't think this is the time or the place for that. Except I do want to say and offer this idea that these questions that we raise to the heavens and the way that those questions come back from the heavens to us, they can be answers for one another in a way. It's a circular thing, logically speaking, but the circle itself is a tonic for us, it's a, it's a balm for our wounds. The lament that we hear in uh, the Bible and from our own voices and from the people we know, the songs that we sing out of our pain, these are expressions of our grief and our fear and our confusion. It's uh, a poetic way for us to express something that is otherwise almost ineffable so difficult to get out and God answers poetically as well but that doesn't mean that the poetic nature of this uh, denies the reality and truth because that my belief is that sort of subtle language is actually the biggest truth we have and so that means when we ask the question how long and it comes back to us how long we know from that what must be done that the answer from our own the answer comes out of our own question and the question that comes back to us shows us that we answer it by taking down these very gods that the big God has judged in this passage now this seems like an evident thing right we have to make this change happen and yet I don't know that it is that evident for a lot of people, right? I read an article after the Orlando shooting. A friend of mine sent to me. Uh, it was called, Five Ways Christians Can Respond to the Orlando Shooting. And the five ways were this. Pray, pause, grieve, love, hope. Those are all fine things. I'm not saying that there are any of them are bad. but where stuff like fighting homophobia or telling uh, our lgbtq brothers and sisters that we love them that their lives matter or that uh we need to engage in actions that help curb gun violence or even something as simple as donating to the families of those who were killed where was that stuff in the uh, five things. I mean, Miles well just said, eat, pray, love. You know, that's how much it upset me to read that. I've, we are not called to walk by that body and look at it on the ground and do everything but actually help that body out. We need to pick that body up the way that the Samaritan did. We ask God how long and God answers how long. And in that is our answer our motivation to act, to make something happen. And now usually during this time at dinner church we would have a discussion of some sort, uh, raising a question about what was said, but I felt it was more important today for us to take time to uh, pray together. And I'm not saying we're in the sense that we're gonna all pray together right now that everything will be okay, that God will make things better, We're gonna pray something very specific, which is to ask how we individually, I, you can participate in that. So I'm again asking us here right now, we're gonna take a minute, some time, a couple minutes in prayer and reflection, meditation, whatever the hell you wanna call it, regarding what you can do for the work of justice and the lives of black people in this country. I don't have an answer to that question. That's, you know, again, part of the things that I've read this week is a lot of articles about what you can do as an ally or something like that, right? And some of them conflict. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I'm confused as myself. But um, I know that it's a question we have to ask ourselves. If I can add, offer one thing, though, what I would say is this. I encourage all of us to do the practice of exhibiting love and empathy for our black brothers and sisters who are out there expressing their pain, their grief, on your social media, on the street, in protest, in private conversations. If we are not part of that community, we cannot know the depths of that the reality of that pain for them. It's not our job to tell them to chill out. It's not our job to tell them uh, or ask them, like, what can we do to help? They have a lot going on. It's not their job to be uh, instructing us in that way. Myself, I'm a person of color. um, But that that doesn't mean I know what they're feeling. I can't imagine what it's like to see videos of people, my people, being killed in such a way. Every time I see a Korean woman over 50, all Korean women have the same short, perm hairstyle, uh, and they all look like my mother to me. And when I see one, whether it's up down the street or I meet a friend's mother, like she is like a mother to me. And I imagine what it would be like to see uh, my people like that. We can't know what it's like for our uh, our brothers and sisters out there. So, one thing we can do is show them love, show them understanding, um, be with them. So, we're gonna sing, Sarah and I are gonna sing a song. And as we do that, again, I'm inviting you, take this time to think about what it is that you can do. How it is that you can help, how it is that you can be part of changing this thing that I believe is God's will for us to change.